What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode today. It is so exciting to watch the podcast as it grows every day. We're getting more and more downloads on each and every episode. We are rising in the rankings on Apple Podcasts. So um, thank you all so much for tuning in, sharing the episodes, uh, leaving the ratings and reviews. It really helps uh, iTunes push it and um, get us out there to reach more people and help build the community and the following. And uh, just let's go through this podcast together. That's what I that's what I said from episode number one of what I want it to be is uh, just a podcast of me at 21 years old sitting back, going running a business every day, learning new things, and interviewing and talking with other business owners that are going through the same thing, the same things that I am. And uh, just learning together as we go on. But anyway, for today's episode, what we're going to be talking about and discussing, just this is probably be a short episode, uh, is we're going to talk about something that happened to me about two months ago. Uh, it was really pretty, pretty uh, severe. It was traumatic. It was a traumatic injury that I had, and uh, it's not something that I actually talked about um, on any of my social media publicly. Uh, well, I posted a thing on Facebook about it, but. I uh, didn't post anything on my business Instagram or anything like that. Uh, I just recently discussed it with Paul Jameson on the Green Industry Podcast. If you want to go back and look at that, uh, it was within the last 10 episodes that he's put out, I think. Um, but anyway, what we're going to be talking about is the injury that I had and uh, just the event that I had running into some hedge trimmers and getting my fingers caught in them. So, um like I said, we're going to keep it short and sweet today, but we're just going to go through and talk about uh, what happened and then just the safety aspect of it and what I think needs to change and how we can just be safer every day when we're out there trimming bushes and stuff. But anyway, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to hop right into the podcast as soon as we come back. All right, guys, so let's just jump right on into the topic for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, just the topic of how I had a bad run in with some hedge trimmers. I got my fingers caught in them. And I cut them off, and it was just a, it was a bad ordeal. It was very traumatic. Um, but I'm going to give a little backstory, and we'll kind of work our way into what happened, and now all the post-op and all this stuff, the recovery. But so the backstory is: for the last three years that I've run the business, I have been running a pair of, or a I've been running a Echo PAS 2026. I think it's 2026. Um, the combi unit, and I've had a hedge trimmer attachment for the end of it, so it turns it into a pole saw. Well, I've been using that for everything. All my shrub trimming jobs I've been using that for. I just haven't wanted to break down and go get a standard set of hedge trimmers. Um, but going into this year, we've been picking up a lot more uh, high-end clients, nicer yards, and with that comes more shrubs to trim and uh, manicure and that type of thing. So uh, I decided that I was going to go buy a standard set of hedge trimmers, and I decided to get the Milwaukee battery-powered ones uh, because I have all of my drills and impact, and I have the tire inflator, all that stuff. So I run Milwaukee on all that. So I can interchange the batteries on all those, and it all works the same. So I was like, well, I'll just get Milwaukee and uh, try this out and see what it's all about because if I run out a battery in the field, I have extras to replace it with. So I went out and bought a set of Milwaukee, 169 bucks, not bad at all. And the power that they give, it's it's worth every penny. Uh, I love them so far. Um, but didn't get to use them very long, but uh, I loved it when I did. Excuse me. Man, I yawn already. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to be like the last 
episode four last. I'm going to bring intensity and energy to this episode. Uh, but it has been a long day. We've been uh, hammered with rain here recently, and we've been trying to get everything done. We had our HOA that was past due to get cut. It was late because of the rain, and so uh, we had to go out and get that done tonight. We worked till 8.30, and that is, that's the latest I've worked in shoot, probably a year. Seriously, probably a year or more. Um, try not to work that late anymore, not to overschedule myself. But we had to get that done today, beat the rain tomorrow. Uh, this has got to be one of the wettest Junes on record for Alabama. Uh, it is insane. But normally by this time of the year, the yard is starting to turn brown a little bit. Um, we might get an afternoon shower here or there, but everything is turning brown. Not right now, though. I mean, the grass is as green as it's ever been. It's like springtime. It's growing a foot a day, it seems like, especially the weeds. Uh, but anyway, little side note, that's that's why we got work so late. That's why I am uh, had already had a yawn in this episode. But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to make myself uh, stay awake and let's get the, bang this thing out and uh, get it out for y'all. So back to the hedge trimmer story. Uh, I bought a set of Milwaukee standard size hedge trimmers, and I was going to put those to work and see what, what all they could do. So I was trimming a set of boxwoods. And it was actually my first time ever using these things. So they were brand spanking new, out of the box. I mean, like, still shining. I mean, there was not a speck of dirt on them, nothing. And uh, I was uh, using them. And as I was using them, I used them for seriously maybe 60 seconds to 60, 90 seconds, something like that. And uh, as I was trimming, I was going down on the side of the bush. And my muscle memory of grabbing that pole saw with my left hand uh, to hold the shaft of the saw, uh, the the pole, to guide it, the, that muscle memory. Remember, remember, I've been doing that for three years now, so uh, that's that's all I know when it comes to trimming hedges. And uh, the muscle memory of me going to grab that pole with my left hand, I just inadvertently went to grab that pole, and I stuck my left hand out there and put it straight in the blades. I mean, like straight in the blades. So uh, it it was a it happened in a flash. I mean, it happened in less than a second. It was, like I said, they were brand new, they were fresh, they were sharp. Um, so I stuck my left hand in there, and it uh, absolutely mutilated my fingers. Uh, my index finger was hanging off by the flesh. It went straight through the bone, through all the nerves, all the tendons. Uh, it was The flesh was seriously the only thing that was holding it on. And then my middle finger and my index finger uh, was messed up honestly worse than the index finger because of where they got cut they got cut further down on the finger and um it went through all the uh went through the nerves in my middle finger and uh all the tendons and then in my ring finger it went through a few of the nerves and then all the tendons in those as well and then it caught my pinky but the pinky didn't get that bad i didn't even have to have any stitches in there or anything um but so that happened it was early morning um, I didn't pass out or anything. That's, that's the question I got the most is what did you do when it happened? Uh, when it happened, I just, I seriously, I took the head trimmers, I put them in the truck. I looked, I, well, I looked at it and I said, and I just, this is what I tell people. I gave people like the most classic, just scream that you could ever imagine. Like something out of a movie, like a kid being scared, just like a, just a classic scream. I didn't say any words. I didn't cuss. I didn't do anything like that. I just screamed for like a second and I saw it and I was like well okay so I took the hedge trimmers and threw them in the truck and luckily I had some uh, paper towels in the toolbox some of the rags that we use and I uh, yelled at Ben and them to come get in the truck we had to go and I wrapped some paper towels around my fingers I stuck the index finger back up so it was like stuck together so it wasn't just hanging off anymore 
and uh, just applied pressure with the paper towels and held them together. And we uh, we went back to the house. Luckily, we weren't far from home. And Savannah was actually off of work that day, so she was still sleeping. So I walked in the house and was like, hey, we got to go. We got to get to the emergency room. Uh, I just cut my fingers off. So she was waking up trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, she got up, and we ran out the door and um, headed to the hospital. I didn't call an ambulance or anything because I was going to get there faster by us to go and then me waiting on an ambulance to come and then going in an ambulance and then having to pay that bill. There was no point in it. Um, so we got in the car, and we were going, and we were booking it. I mean, we were getting there because uh, it didn't hurt when it happened, actually, because it went through all the nerves, so it didn't actually even hurt when it happened. But about 15 minutes later on the way to the hospital, it was really setting in. The pain was starting to come in, um, so it was hurting pretty good. And we we were booking. I mean, we were going 90, 95 down the interstate. And sure enough, I mean, of all mornings, of all mornings, there was a, there was a uh, police policeman sitting up on a bridge clocking people with his radar and as soon as we went under him i said Sven, he got you like there's no way he didn't get you and uh but we kept on going he didn't come or anything and we got we seriously probably got like a mile and a half close to two miles on the road and we were like half a mile from our exit and sure enough here we come we see blue lights in the in the rearview mirror so we pulled over and he got out and this is on the interstate rush hour traffic in the morning um, so it was really busy, and he was he was coming in. He was get he was not gonna let us get away. Um, it took him a while to come get us, but he uh, pulled us over, and he came up to the window, and he was a big old dude too. He wasn't like a little Barney Fife. I mean, he was he was mean in business. I mean, we were going 95, so we were going 25 over the speed limit. He was he was about to give us a big old ticket. Um, so he came up to the window and asked us asked Savannah for a license and registration and all that. And before he even got that, I was just like, look, I just cut my hand. I just cut my fingers off with a hedge trimmer. We're just trying to get to the hospital. And this man had the audacity to look at me and say, well, how bad? And I just, I, I didn't even know. We, we didn't even know what to say. We just sat there. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like, you're asking me how bad right now. So I just lifted my hand up and uh, re- reached it over there to him. And he just saw all the blood immediately. And he, like, jumped back. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Y'all go, y'all go. Y'all be safe. And I was like, yeah, you better let us off. I mean, I, my hand is hanging off here. We need to get to the hospital. Uh, but that was funny. It's funny that he pulled us over and he, he reacted like that. He, like, threw Savannah's license back at her and said, y'all go on, y'all go on. I was kind of hoping we would, we would get an escort or something because the hospital is, like, on a super busy road here and it was rush hour traffic. But luckily we got there when much traffic that morning. So um, we ended up making it to the emergency room and – I got there and uh, waited in the ER, all that stuff. Um, had a, a nurse come in and look at it, and they, they cleaned it and stuff. And ended up being in the ED pretty much all day in a room in there. And then they finally put me in a hospital room that night. And a hand surgeon came up and take a look at it. Probably about 5 or 6 o'clock, he came and looked at it. And he said, uh, yeah, we need to do sur-. Well, he wasn't even actually going to do surgery. He was wanting to wait until the next day, but... By that point in the day, that was like eight hours later, and uh, my index finger, like I said, it, I mean, the flesh was the only thing holding it on. It was completely severed, and uh, by that point in the day, it was turning blue. It was pretty It was pretty blue. It was almost like blue and purple, and it was really cold. Um, the blood perfusion wasn't very good at all. I wasn't getting any uh, perfusion out of it when we pressed it. It was taking a long time, so... He decided to, well, we decided to go ahead that night and do uh, emergency surgery. And uh, I, we went in the, we didn't go in the 
OR until like 9.30 because there were other surgeries going on. So went in that night and uh, went in at 9.30 and came out at 12.30. Excuse me. Uh, allergies or something's going on. But anyway, came out at like 12.30. And so it was a three-hour surgery, and he only put my index finger back on. It took that long just to fix my index finger. He didn't even touch the other two. So uh, he ran out of tourniquet time is what he, what he called it. Just the tourniquet was on my arm for too long, and my hand was going to be without blood flow for too long. So he had to quit, but he fixed my index finger. He put it all back on, and he pretty much came out and was like, we're going to watch this over the next couple of days and, and see if it heals. And well, let me backtrack a little bit. When he came in the first uh, the, the night it happened before surgery, he said, look, we're going to go in here and try to save this, but don't expect to come out here with a fingertip. I mean, that's 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 pretty much what he's saying. And uh, it cut it right above my first knuckle on my finger. So if you're looking at your finger, the first knuckle up from your, uh, I guess your middle knuckle, I guess you what you would call it, yeah. Your, your middle knuckle right there is where it cut it. So he was expecting to have to amputate that whole, the whole end. I mean, he was like, we're going to try to save it, but I don't know if we can. So that's what we agreed on going into surgery and luckily he saved it and we came out and he said we're gonna watch over the next couple days and make sure it takes because he was still scared that there was a chance that everything wasn't going to stay reconnected inside and the blood wasn't going to be getting there but uh luckily it did had a lot of people praying for me so uh, i don't believe it was by chance that it stayed together i believe the lord allowed that to happen um but he put it back together so at that point we just uh went home because all the OR appointments were full for the next uh, couple of days. So they wrapped me up and I went home and Oh no. Alright guys, stay with me. That's the last one, I promise. But anyway, this is a fun story. Looking back on it now. It was not fun when it happened. But went home that day and we stayed home and then a week later went back and got the other two fingers fixed up. They sewed them back together. And uh, in all, I ended up having 60 stitches between three fingers. So if that doesn't tell you how bad it is, I don't know what will. But yeah, 60 stitches um, to put them all back together. And now they are all put on and I'm out of the splint. So kind of fast track up to where we are today. Uh, I've been in therapy ever since then, two times a week. Um, And this was May May the 4th is when it happened, I think. May the 4th, May the 5th. So... It's been about two months now, um, but I'm out of the splint. I'm out of uh, uh, all my stitches are out. All the wrapping is off. Um, I'm healing very well. The tendons are all they're all working good uh, in my arm. But the only downfall is that that my fingers are a little crooked. They're not pretty by any means, but they're still here. Um, but I can't bend my fingertips uh, because in my index finger there's a screw in there and the bone fragment is chipped, and there's a bunch of scar tissue. So that fingertip just won't bend. And then in my middle finger, he could not repair the uh, the tendons and ligaments to make that fingertip bend down. So I can bend it at the middle knuckle, but I can't bend the fingertip. And then the ring finger, same thing. He only got part of the tendons and stuff. So I can bend from the middle knuckle down and like touch my fingertips to my palm, but I can't make like a fist and and uh bend my fingertips in but hey it's a small problem to still have fingers so i'll live with it but everything's gone well uh that's a kind of the whole story it's a long story of what happened but that's just in detail i haven't gone in detail about of what happened or anything so um that's what happened but 
everything's going good. Um, on schedule to be back to playing golf and using, working all the time, playing basketball. I should be doing that in about a month, month and a half. So uh, recovery's going really well. My therapist has been great. I've been in hand therapy. He's a certified hand therapist, and uh, he's a super cool guy. I played college football. Um, knows a lot of people. He's just really awesome guy. Helped help me get back. I would not be where I am today without him for sure. Um, I mean, when I went in there, my fingers I could barely move them, and now I'm touching my palms and moving with them and stuff. So it's going really good. Huge thanks to him. Um, but anyway, so the whole safety side of things. The on, the downfall to these handheld head trimmers is the fact that your left hand that is on the grip. It's so close to those blades, you don't even realize it. And and when you have to maneuver that thing sideways, your hand moves around on the grip subconsciously. You move it to the side, you move it to the top, then to the other side. And um, it's very easily, very easy to let go of that grip and try to do something one-handed, which is exactly what I did. I just let go of it by my muscle memory. And But the, the head trimmers kept running. The blades kept running, even though it was battery-powered. So what I talked well, – this happened right before together in the trades, and – I talked with a couple people out there about this, and I would like to get in touch with um, maybe some reps from Steel or Milwaukee, somebody that does safety, um, some of their safety guys, and talk about why are we not putting our safety handles on the grip, on the grip right there, um, where you need to always have two hands on that on that trimmer for that thing for those blades to be running. Now, if it's a gasoline powered, yeah, you can let the uh, engine still run if you take your hand off the blade. I mean, off the grip, but the blades should turn off immediately. I mean, it's kind of like a mower. Like, when you're sitting in the seat, the blades can run, but uh, if the parking brake's on, the blades won't run. Or uh, if you're if you're not seeing the seat, the blades turn off. But if the parking brake's on, the mower will still run. So that type of thing. Um, that's where I want to – that's what I would like to see happen with these hedge trimmers because this would not have happened to me if that would have been the case. If I would have taken my hand off that grip and, it, and the blades would have stopped – it just wouldn't have happened. It was just, it would have saved me a lot of money, a lot of pain, a lot of headache. Um, and I know I'm not the only guy that's done this. I've I've heard multiple f- stories just as this has happened about people that have done this. Um, so I'd like to get in touch and talk about that. If anybody knows anybody, um, y'all hit me up, send them my way. I'd love to talk to them and kind of uh, collab on something to maybe change this the way the industry sees it. Um, and I know it would take away. It would get. An, it would be annoying at first. It would be an inconvenience because you couldn't do one-handed trimming, which I know a lot of people do. Um, but the safety is, guys, it's just not worth it. Like it's not worth it to use one hand. Um, it's not worth having your fingers cut off. And and for me, in my case, I'm lucky they got a, they got to put them back on. But everybody wouldn't be that lucky. Um, so it's not worth. Using one, being able to use one hand for the chance of your fingers getting cut off or your hand or any or much worse. I mean, that's one thing that I it's kind of like morbid to even think about. But I, I've thought about this since it's happened. If I would have cut less than six inches further up on my hand, it would have cut my main artery in my wrist, and there's a good chance I would have died. I mean that that's ser- that's how serious it is. So I know I've been talking all fun and stuff. Like I, I'm doing better now. It's it's a story that I'm going to tell forever. I mean, I'm not glad it happened, but it happened. Um, can't change it now. But seriously, if I would have cut less than six inches, six inches further up on my on my hand, I would be dead today because I wouldn't have got to the hospital in time before that bled out. Um, so that's where I was going with the whole safety thing. We need to figure out how to make that grip a uh, 
a blade safety where when you let go, those blades turn off immediately. So anybody that knows anybody, has any connections, send them my way, and I'd love to talk about it. But um, that's that's what happened. I mean, that's the whole story pretty much. I know it's a it's kind of a short episode, but it was a long story. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to it. Like I said, I haven't put it out on any of my social media or anything. Uh, but you can, uh, if anybody wants to, see, I mean, I do have pictures of it. I'm not going to post those on my public Instagram because they'd probably get mad or something come community guidelines. But uh, if you're listening and you, you connect with us on Instagram, we chat back and forth for, uh, occasionally or something like that. Or if you just want to see them, uh, I have no problem showing them. If, if you, you, I mean, you're a lawn bro, you know what, you know what I'm talking about. So if that stuff doesn't gross you out, uh, connect with us on Instagram, Growing Green Landscapes, and I'll, I'll be happy to send you a picture and show you what they look like and uh, what they look like now. They look a lot better. Uh, but hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, it was just kind of a little first-hand story of what happened. It did force me to delegate, I guess. Wrapping up, we can talk about this really quick. This is what I hit on with Paul Jameson on his podcast is I've been having trouble delegating for the past year, and I've really wanted to. I've wanted to get out of the field every day in the lawn maintenance, um, I wanted to be able to go sell and estimate a little bit more. And uh, through this happening, it made me delegate because there was two weeks I could not do anything. Um, the first week after the first surgery, I was totally out. And the second week after the second surgery, I was totally out. I mean, I cannot do anything at all uh, when it comes to work. So I had to totally trust my guys uh, and Ben, the, the guy that's been with me the longest that kind of runs everything when I'm not there. I had to trust them, and it was a big uh, it was a big thing for me to trust them to go out on their own. Uh, yeah, it took them a little longer than it took when I was there, but that was that's okay. I mean, stuff got done. Um, nobody dropped me during it. I mean, we had a few complaints here and there about little missed things, but nothing that couldn't be fixed. It wasn't a big deal, stuff that I could have missed too. So um, it forced me to delegate, and that's something that you need to do. If you're, if you're on the fence about delegating, do it. Trust your guys and do it. Um, because, yeah, you might get some negative feedback from some customers about them not seeing you there or something. But you, if you, if your goal is to get out of the business, you've got to start it now. You've got to start at some point because um, the more the bigger you get and the more they see you out there, the more they expect you to be there. And that's one thing that I've learned in taking on new clients right now is I'm trying to not be out there every time we do it because I don't want them to have the expectation of, hey, Jeremiah is going to be here every every uh, every time they cut the yard. So I want them to trust my other guys as much as I do. And um, that's something that it, it, it did teach me is just to, de- to delegate. And uh, it was something that was really nice being able to trust them, send them out. And it made them get – made them it, it prepared them. I'm sorry, I'm falling out of my words here. Uh, it prepared them quicker than what they were expecting. I mean, they weren't – they weren't on on the books. They weren't ready to go out and do their own thing. They weren't ready for me to not be there. But uh, they figured it out. They got to the yards. They did them the right way. And uh, like I said, nobody dropped us. So that's a win in my book. But uh, it was a it was a crazy story. What happened? It was crazy. It was a freak accident. Uh, I believe it happened for a purpose because it one it taught me to de- to delegate. Uh, two, I have a story to tell now, and hopefully I can. Uh, bring some light to this whole safety thing and the things that we need to change with the hedge trimmers, the handheld hedge trimmers. Um, but anyway, that's that's the long story uh, of what happened. Like I said, if you have any questions, you want to see any pictures or something, just connect with us on Instagram, uh, and you can I'll I'll show you some pictures and all that. We we'll talk about it. But um, that's gonna probably wrap it up for this episode. Honestly, that's yeah, that's gonna end it. 
Uh, I said it was going to be short, but it ended up being 27, 28 minutes. So uh, thank you for tuning in so much today. Like I said at the beginning, please, please, please leave us those ratings and reviews. I know I'm asking that every episode, but we are trying to social proof this thing, and that's how it happens is by uh, the iTunes and stuff seeing that there are ratings and reviews and there's engagement with the podcast. So uh, if you like it, if you enjoy it, share it on your social media, on your Instagrams and stuff. Tag us, and we'll repost it on ours uh, at Growing Green Landscapes. And uh, let's just grow this thing together. Uh, there's multiple other podcasts in our industry. I understand that, but um, I've said this coming in is I want this podcast to be something of me as a 21-year-old coming in, talking about business that I'm learning every day and bringing in some other uh, business owners and stuff, and just talking business principles, talking lawn and landscape, and just growing together. So anyway, without further ado, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, like I said, connect with us on Instagram at Growing Green Landscapes. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and YouTube at Growing Green Landscapes. And then, as always, leave us those ratings and reviews, share the podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all here next week on the next episode. Thank you. See ya.